0: The layers of your accent are so—they're <laughs>
1: very interesting.
0: I'm not a speech pathologist, but like the layers of your accent, because like I mean, you went full ham radio yeah. at the drive-through. <laughs> I heard the Mo- the Milwaukee come out just now. I hear a little bit of the Texas sometimes, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you get like the New York trash bag one that I have so like that mix is so beautiful I'm all over
2: the place (laughs) I learned (sighs) I learned to talk in South Carolina and then I came to Wisconsin being like ma'am a mom can I have some jam (laughs) and uh my uh my grandmother was like oh no he can't talk like that Uh, They kind of like Made me get The uh, uh, Wisconsin accent Also I had a lisp And a stutter So Ah. I went to speech therapy And came out talking Like I do now Which is really fast And with like Just a mishmash Of vowel sounds Happening all over the place
0: (laughs) But (laughs) I love the way you talk
2: It's fun I like my voice Yes Um,
0: That's why you're on The podcast man (laughs) Golden voice
2: Uh, um, Golden voice voice And goofy
0: laugh (laughs) Oh, and welcome to WrestleSplania, the show where Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling enthusiast, explains wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a new convert. Uh, this is the road trip edition. Yeah, we are recording
1: from uh, producer Nate's parents' basement. No, uh, this isn't the, ba- the
0: basement. You haven't seen the basement okay. yet. Okay. There's more ghosts
1: there. The, <laughs> it's a big, giant uh, Connecticut farmhouse, yeah. a country home. Uh, we fed some goats. Uh, there's a cute dog who is being very well behaved. Um, Thanks to our guest today. Yes, thanks to our guest today, who has taught this dog some manners. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: long time coming. Uh, Tim Faust is here. Howdy,
2: y'all. Thank y'all so much for having
0: me. Hi, Tim. We've wanted to have Tim on this show since before we recorded episode one. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And we're going to have him back to talk about uh, all of the wrestling adjacent stuff that you have thoughts on but yep, uh yep, yep. today we're gonna talk about um, <laughs> mostly about it. we so the reason we're all here is because we uh took a road trip out into the country to go watch uh beyond wrestling solid gold last night uh at an armory in east Greenwich, rhode island and uh, Varnum
0: memorial armory
1: yeah which uh interesting place we will discuss <laughs> That was it. That was a
0: location.
1: If I have ever seen a location in my life, it sure was. Um, but yeah, we've had a we've had a really fun trip. Uh, Tim drove us up. We listened to um, a Macho Man Randy Savage cassette tape.
2: Yep, there's some dude in Buffalo, some sainted person who was taking it upon himself to make a bunch of bootleg tapes of promos from. 80s legends of wrestling. I know he has at least three Dusty Rhodes, uh, Roddy Piper and Randy Savage. It's great. Uh, 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 He sells them uh, like Bandcamp or whatever. And it's like two sides, about 40 minutes of promos from both WWE, like events you can find on pay-per-view and like road shows, late night talk shows all over the place. So we listened to a tape of uh, uh, some highlights of Randy Savage um, from the early and mid 80s. Really, really fantastic.
1: Who you love, right? I,
2: Randy Savage is my all-time uh, favorite wrestler, hands down. I, really, I, I think okay. he's uh, uh, his his showmanship is insane. Like the, one of the reasons that I like wrestling a lot, reasons I got into wrestling is because, like in the '80s, wrestling was about taking a bunch of people who have a lot of really toxic ideas of masculinity pumping them full of steroids, and then giving them microphones they shouldn't have because sometimes (laughs) poetry just falls from their lips. Um, I think Randy Savage's particular combination of like, like severe and unyielding personal intensity and like all the bizarre theatrics and machinations of wrestling and wrestling combat and wrestling law is incredible. The dude just goes off uh, and says things that don't make sense and are beautiful uh, um, all while he's like convulsing through a steroid hangover. It's really really wonderful
0: <laughs> what a beautiful
1: sentence you so you were a wrestling fan as a kid yeah you've uh, always liked it
2: I took a period off in the uh, the late 90s early on so um, I'm from Wisconsin and my family's from Milwaukee and uh, back in like the 60s and 70s in Milwaukee my dad and his brothers who are like an old uh, uh, German union family uh, Greek German union family would uh, go to like the Milwaukee Coliseum and go watch Crusher Lasowski take on whoever was fighting him. Crusher Lasowski was A dude who like, there's a really funny video of him where he's promoing like, yeah, to get ready for the next contest, I'm gonna eat, uh, uh, I'm gonna drink three kegs of beer and have an extra serving of Polish sausage and bratwurst before I wrestle. (laughs) Just he's like, he's what the Beer City Bruiser is doing right now, right? Yeah. Uh, Just like this hometown hero. All his matches are like clothesline, clothesline, body slam, stomp around a little bit. Yeah. It's unglamorous, but it's perfect. And so my dad and his brothers would go to the Coliseum and get real drunk and cheer on the guy and go home. And uh, uh, it turns out that, like, uh, uh, when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, when I was naughty, my dad would, like, fake yell at me in the Crusher Lisowski voice Ah, you turkey neck, I'm going to get you in the hammerlock and show you what it takes. <laughs> um, and it turns out that uh, uh, that same voice was uh, made into a, like, parody song, like a parody polka by the Novas up in uh, Minnesota. I think in the '60s or '70s, and then The Cramps covered it. And uh, later in life, I became a big Cramps fan and heard the song "The Crusher." And all of a sudden, my worlds converged because I heard the dad, my I heard the voice my dad make come out of the uh, come out of the uh, uh, the 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 laptop speakers, and everything kind of came full circle. That's so
1: Pavlovian. I don't know. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that must have been an experience hearing that song. I called
2: my dad. It was Buck Wild. Oh God, what was his accent? Can I have uh, two kegs of beer there? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to up my intake from two to three kegs of beer. Here, have an extra serving of pull sausage and then get that turkey neck in the ring and really show them what it's all about. Um, so uh, uh, I grew up like liking wrestling. It was always kind of in the background of my childhood uh, when I was, you know, like uh, in third grade, sort of watching WWE with some friends of mine, uh, you know, like little boys do. I got really turned off, though, by all like the bra and panty stuff. Yeah, um, I really don't like weaponized horniness in wrestling. It made me uncomfortable even as a kid. Yeah, Um, it's
1: interesting to hear you say like you dropped out sort of in the late 90s, early 2000s because that is what is often considered sort of the peak of like when wrestling was most mainstream mm -hmm. in the last like 20 In, or 30 this years. This Attitude
0: Era, right?
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. I like Mankind. I like The Rock, obviously. Who doesn't? Um, I didn't yet know that I would love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, much greater appreciation for him now, I think. Mm-hmm. But just like all the stuff with Sable and yeah. uh, Trish Stratish uh, uh, just made me like not, I don't know. I didn't like it. So I kind of I, I kind of dropped out mm-hmm. and then came back to it. Um, well- uh, in 2014 some friends of mine decided to throw a backyard party that was also a wrestling match and, and this I, is
0: around when I got to know you I think right it yeah. was uh,
2: right before that because I was yeah. I was, I was still living in, in Texas at the time and uh, we ended up forming a uh, indie fed, like a kind of a DDT or Chikara style it's uh it's a uh, you could say a theater troupe about wrestling that is also a wrestling troupe yeah yeah uh, um, uh, Party World Wrestling, my, uh, my organization down in Austin.
1: Which you can Twitch stream if you're interested. Right. It's uh, very
2: fun. Our website is pwr.website. Um, nice. Uh, we put on shows every quarter. Next one is uh, June 16th, Florida Slam. We're bringing Florida to Texas as nice. our, uh, our matriarch, uh, Mother Worm, the snake that encircles the core of the earth, uh, turned into a, a small baby worm and is now a teen worm. And the teen worm ran away to Florida. So we're going back to Florida to get her back. Um, nice. Yes,
1: I uh, love lore. We have a <laughs> we have a lot lore, of lore. <laughs> you should check out PWR. You uh. should check out PWR. <laughs> Part of the reason we even do this podcast is because um we talked about this on the first episode. Rachel and I were hanging out, and
0: then I had plans with our guest Tim to go watch Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, we had a ladies' br- we did a ladies' brunch right. in like beginning of in like mid beginning of January, and you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go watch wrestling with Tim," and he just got a dog, and I was like, "I haven't seen Tim in a few do- months. I love a dog. Yeah, and I've always wanted to get into wrestling, and tweet- and we had a great time and mm-hmm. tweeting about it. And like the warm reception I got from the wrestling community online, and going home and talking to producer Nate about it is the reason we're here. Right. It's because it's because uh, we all watched Wrestle Kingdom at your house yeah. and yeah.
1: I had a really good time and met your really cute dogume.
2: He's such a good boy. He's I've been such- on, I've been driving around the U.S. for most of the past seven months talking about healthcare, which is a different topic. And like. Because I'm on the road and alone so much, the thing I do for fun is watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a fun thing I can do every night before I go to bed that like gives me a way to kind of zone out and watch some nice people do flippy shit, <laughs> uh, uh, which I really really enjoy. So that yeah, he has kind of that was kind of a, a fusion of worlds. I'm really glad I get to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's a dog here making noises of wanting affection because Tim said the magic words "good boy." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened. That's literally what happened. Good oh, boy. Boolean, Boo's trying to shake. Uh, for listeners, Boolean is a Jack Russell Corgi mix, and you can make your own assumptions about the type of behavior that that entails. <laughs> <laughs> he is a barrel with legs.
1: Anyway, so what do you what do you watch now? Like when you're on the road and you're watching wrestling like what is your favorite stuff to watch
2: Uh NXT clips from uh pay-per-views and WWE I'll watch New Japan if someone mentions something honestly I get most of my New Japan news from y'all mm-hmm. uh which Ooh. is a lot of fun Hey thanks um, That's yeah.
0: responsibility I actually I've,
2: <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of the match listings y'all have gone through in your episodes nice. Especially the Joshi episode with 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 LB that was really really fun I wasn't familiar with like a lot of that Joshi stuff and it was uh uh Really, really fun to kind of be guided through it. So y'all are making my wrestling experience more enjoyable.
0: That That makes me so happy. Oh, that makes me feel really good. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. The reason we're kind of here today is former guest on the show and probably future, if we may count our chickens, uh, Stokely texted us to let us know that he would be fighting uh, Chuck Taylor, a man who we are a fan of on the show, um, because a couple years ago, Stokely stole the rights to Chuck's name. Well, so it was a it was a
1: an angle in Chikara where Stokely bought the rights to his name because oh, in that's the right in the classic Stokely tradition of just buying his way to the top. Um, God love him. He, yeah. I, I, at least my understanding of it was, yeah, that he bought the rights to Chuck Taylor's name and then Chuck Taylor had to wrestle under all these different names he wrestled under Raw Dog Rick Beanbag, which <laughs> yeah, is one of my yeah. favorites. Um, <laughs> hardwood rich
0: mahogany really good yeah, that yeah, is a yeah. incredible that's a scene. real good name it's really good he had a bunch of them but he texted us and was like hey so I'm gonna be fighting Chuck in Rhode Island and we were like oh man and Kath was like have fun and my immediate <laughs> physical <laughs> mental emotional response was we're going yeah uh, and we I sold Kath on it because I was like we can stay at Nate's parents house it's two hours from Rhode Island and you weren't in it until I said it. there's ghost. Here and you were goats. like I think I'm down. <laughs> I got so excited. Uh, I got electrocuted
1: by the goat fence yesterday, <laughs> uh, which was very funny. Um, I don't know. Were you out there when that happened, Tim?
2: No, I was still asleep. I think
1: it was very good. It was so I was feeding the goats and I was like leaning over the fence and I forgot it was electrified. I'd been told the night before, but completely forgot. And uh, I had like a, a bucket of like goat feed and then my arm touched the fence and I went Whoo! <laughs> and I flung goat feed like in a beautiful arc behind me. I didn't
0: realize it was your arm. Yeah, it was my I've arm. I've been shocked by that thing on the leg and it's a weird sensation. I felt weird for
1: a while. So you-, you
2: got a little taste of CZW before exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: That's. I tweeted about it. Rachel tweeted about it and some, and I was like, uh, yeah, I got electrocuted on a goat fence and someone was like, it's cool that your first match was an electrified uh, ring match against Daniel Bryan. Which yeah, that was yeah, very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all Lady
0: Dan <laughs> Daniel Bryan, yeah, um, especially the alpha one, Lucy. Lucy's a Daniel Bryan, yeah, totally, one. Uh,
1: yeah, because she headbutts when she yeah. shouldn't, which is
0: <laughs> that's very Daniel, yeah. But, but yeah, so uh, oh, sorry,
1: go ahead. I'll
2: put in the goat and goat,
1: exactly, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we uh, we went to went to Rhode Island. We had a wonderful day doing classic Rhode Island things like mini golf and eating clam fritters, and then we got to the show and. Uh, it was a very interesting venue, I would say. It was
2: a big brick oven.
1: Yeah. You <laughs> called it Rhode
0: Island Pizza, which is just, that's going to stick with me for a long time.
1: It was so, it was in a, an old armory, and uh, yeah, it was a just a big brick, like thick walled building and it was interesting we were talking before we started uh recording we all kind of have experience in like diy sort of punk scenes and everything and it felt a lot like going to see a show at a vfw hall or something in like
0: the 2005 2006 like call the myspace boom is what we can call it as a shorthand i remember there were so many bands that were coming out of boston that we would like occasionally do like oh we got to make the trip to boston to go see this show for like a band i don't even remember that i'd probably be embarrassed to admit i listened to if i heard it again but it reminded me of that in terms of like oh we're going to go see this niche thing with maybe like 200 other people at most and it's gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna yeah. be sincere. it's gonna like feel electric. And it did. It was such a good room. And I feel like in my experience learning about this, I've seen wrestling in so many different formats. Like yeah, my first was like a like a like a respectably sized show. Evolve one hundred. Evolve one hundred. And then uh, we saw Ring of Honor at Hammerstein. And then we went to New Orleans and saw. Some bigger stuff. And then we went to Mania. Yeah. And then immediately after that, I went to a death match at a bar in Greenpoint. Yeah. Because I'm a fiend. You, and-
1: <laughs> you, I, I think that's been really interesting is everything we've seen live so far, I feel like has been a very different type of event um, It, in terms of the crowd size, the type of venue, your sort of um, accessibility to the performers and how that all works and I think it's really interesting because despite seeing all of this in so many different venues it's a lot of the same people yeah which is so like odd to me I like it's not because it's actually it. it it's kind of it's kind of like with stand up where you know um, you can be performing at a theater with several hundred people and then the next night do an open mic for five people exactly so, but it's like you know, you can see people with, like, really good TV credits for free all the time or yeah. for $5. So There's
0: adages about that with the Tony Awards, too. Like, there's a Tony—I there, forget her name. There's a woman who won a Tony Award, and the next week was just, like, in line at, a, at an audition. Like, she was no one. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's really, really fascinating. So the venue itself is, as Tim mentioned, a brick oven, but it was also a— militia museum yeah. that was <laughs> yeah. we will say dubiously curated it was like
2: a <laughs> blue lives matter armpit
0: there yeah. were nazi helmets in the basement did you see those i
2: did not see those yeah
0: so stokely told us about he was like that
1: he so we were talking about how during we'll get into this but uh during stokely and dustin's match they, there was a moment where we thought they were going to go outside or go downstairs and bring everybody like somewhere else. And so it was like we were thinking about trying to do that, but it's a museum and they get like there's like alarms and stuff. And if we touched anything or broke anything, we would get in huge trouble. But... All of the stuff in the museum is like extremely racist. <laughs> so he brought us downstairs and showed us some pictures of like old dudes from the 30s in blackface. Jeez. It yeah. was
0: like not even one of those things of like, you know how people have discussions of like, did he have a tan or is he? It was black face it was
1: boot polish it was really bad it was
0: really bad it was only like the white lips and stuff because he went through and showed it on the wall and he was like why can't they just put stickers of my face over this <laughs> and it was a very surreal surreal moment because we're talking about like how unco- we're talking to him like oh this is really uncomfortable like all this Nazi stuff and all this blackface and we turn around and like Timothy Thatcher is sitting <laughs> yeah, on the floor changing, ring changing his socks it was, <laughs> it was a very surreal moment Um Um.
2: It's always interesting to me how I mean I spent a lot of time uh, Living in the south I considered Texas to be home And there's always this kind of Idea I think in the northeast That like racism is a thing that happened elsewhere, right, among the states that lost the Civil War, Uh, when obviously, no, like, the the, the, the bars in your own eye, right, like Boston, Milwaukee, are the most segregated cities in the U.S., like, there's a deep undercurrent of structural violent racism in the Northeast, just as there is in the South, but there's this entire idea of, like, oh, we can, other uh, the South and make racism their problem. I think like what, like uh, uh, half the profits that came from the slave trade went through wall street. Yeah. um, yeah. um, um, It's always been interesting to me as a, uh, you know, some kind of a Southerner seeing uh, uh, a lot of States in the Northeast categorize Racism is not their problem When you've got literally Inside an armory Which is a like Militia zone A museum to uh, Racist Rhode Island legacy
0: Yeah Yeah we were talking about Like how we were probably In one of the like The top MAGA New England states
1: Yeah yeah Rhode Island is Is relatively conservative Yeah But growing up in New England I really felt that Just the way that people In New England Talk about the South It's a a very It's a disavowal Of all of that stuff Yeah It's like no 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 This is separate from us We're not like this It's yeah, there's a big refusal to confront that legacy. But it's just such insult to injury to me that these people are working so hard in an unair conditioned building, killing themselves for like no money, and then they have to be surrounded by fucking Racist bullshit. Like, there were a lot of. That they of, can't touch because an alarm will go off. Yeah, that right. they can't. It's, you know, there were a lot of wrestlers of color on the show last night, and just like, cool, that's where you have to hang out is around all of this stuff that's just like, fuck you.
2: There are several irony levels I'm incapable of parsing. Yeah. They're, they're like in colors only bees can see. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Stokely well, was, said he was trying to film stuff downstairs, and he was like, okay, we have to move away from this. just so yeah, can't yeah. be in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, yeah, it was let's, wild. Let's uh, let's talk about this card. So the first thing we saw was uh, Lufisto versus Ar Fox which uh, Rachel and I are on record as big AR Fox fans and big AR Fox's entourage fans. You saw him in... As uh saw him as
2: Dante Fox. Ian. I went to uh, Ultima Lucha Trace, I think, in L.A. a couple of years ago under the auspice of writing about it, which I never wrote, uh, and I got to see um, him as Dante Fox fight Killshot in a two out of three um, no DQs match. Wow. One of the, like, how do I phrase this, uh... Absolutely appalling as far as like gore goes, and totally wonderful. One of the best things I've ever seen live. So much. I mean, obviously, you know, it's like worked class. It's a worked table, but so much blood, so much damage, and they sold it so well. It was a beautiful, like thirty or forty minute long match. Just absolute body carnage. Uh, horrifying. Wonderful. Uh, uh, I, I I had never seen him as Ar Fox, but um um hit, seeing him live even a couple of years ago was I think. One of my top three things I've ever seen live. Just fantastic.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. So the first time I saw AR Fox was against Keith Lee. Hell yeah Because I'm the, the, Somehow the most Blessed person In all of wrestling um, And but so AR Fox the first time you, you see anybody Next to Keith Lee And you're like Oh they're a tiny Little shrimp Aren't they And then at this match It was the closest I've ever been to the ring Because we were literally Pounding the ring The whole time Right um, Again speaking to The variance in In venue
1: size And everything We were right up on it There were no seats Everybody was just Standing around the ring Yeah
0: Ivy uh, were seats But like why would You sit in them
1: Right they were for People who like couldn't stand or didn't want to stand they yeah exactly like, crowd
0: seats yeah um so we're right on the ring and like ar fox up close is like he's so ripped holy shit he's ripped yeah he has like the veins and the muscles ripped his multiple back,
2: his back has like the information complexity of like a topographic map
0: he yeah. has a coda back yeah yeah Koda exactly she's back is sculpted from marble and it is. AR has a similar back it's
1: like a map it is
2: what was cool about this show is both acts had the same general like plotting pattern right open with a really well done intergender match and then work your way down and up to a uh, like a big climactic match at the end yeah yeah um, and both of the uh inter I guess there were three intergender matches but both of the ones all three of them uh, uh were really excellent like it's it's oh, so I- easy to do intergender wrong but like Lou Fisto AR Fox read the entire time um
0: uh, yeah I loved her. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna she was so cool and like it was you told me she was very recently announced that she is completely was it remission or just cancer So free? she
1: she found out um uh, maybe 6 months ago that she had cervical cancer. And um she has been uh she's like a veteran. She's been around forever. Um Really like, especially in sort of this area of of the country. Like, she's from Pennsylvania. She, well, she lives in Canada now. Oh, um, but she, she's like a a big, big name and a very respected person. And, you know, it was, so it was kind of a big story in the wrestling world that she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And I don't think she took very much time off at all. And that's
0: insane. Yeah.
1: And she recently, a few weeks ago, um, yeah, announced that she is now, um, Cancer free. I mean, I think that for all cancer that's just qualified as in remission, but she's her tests are all good and I'm really happy for her.
0: Gonna act remission and cancer free are actually two different things. Okay. Remission means it's like still there but receding. Cancer free is like you're good, you're done. Oh. Yeah.
2: Cell cancerous cells can either continue to spread or just kind of stay stagnant. Yeah, I think so when they're stagnant, it's uh that's remission. That's right? remission. That's when remission.
0: you've contained it and they right. are not. Yeah, and then okay. free is like you're good. You've you know, got no cancer cells. My uh my youngest uh sister had it when she was eight, mm-hmm. and she's good now. Good. Um, and she's great actually. That's she's great. Just finished her. I'm glad Lufisto year has.
2: College. I'm glad Lufisto had Canadian healthcare.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah definitely. <laughs> oh um, boy, but yeah, that was that was such an awesome match, and as always, um. AR Fox's crew was there. We were very happy. We were there wondering if it was so his... much fun. Weren't they They doing the
2: were best? so much fun. Oh They're my like God. fucking like mystery science theater, like the jokes as they were running around, jokes that like maybe seven people could hear at a time. Yeah. Oh, uh, wonderful. But that
0: is so much care and love for your audience. Yeah. And yeah. that's so important to me. Like I, I want to know how they would ever do it at a big show. Like would they mic them?
2: I think you'd have to, right? You'd have
0: to mic them so they would be like, I w- like them in a room with Bill Corbett would like overload my brain. But <laughs> you'd have to have, you'd have to at least have a a camera
1: on them. Like you have multiple cameras and mm-hmm. you have a camera that follows them around. Like you would at least have to do that because it is. I I don't know if that would necessarily work on TV as well. But it is so fun to see them live and they're just yeah they're running especially because everybody was standing around the ring so they're just sort of pushing people out of the way like. Uh, Being goofballs, I mean, they
2: they moved as a unit, which was nice, which means you could film them separately, right? Like there's mm-hmm. often cameras like on Jimmy Hart or um, Paul who am Heyman? I thinking of? Like in the in the Paul Heyman, yep, uh, I'm thinking of, like in the Randy Savage matches, you've got this guy with the hairy back. Good God, who's not, the guy
1: with the hairy back? A girl,
2: George was steal I like they'll, they'll keep a camera like outside the ring on like the manager or whatever, so you can hear and see their reactions. These guys were great. These guys were really really wonderful. Um... I, one of the things I like most in wrestling is when someone just commits to the bit the entire way through. Yes. Not just in their promos. And uh, uh, AR Fox's like, crew, 100% committed to the bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, interpreting everything the wrong way in favor of their, of, of, of their heel friend. Um, yelling at the ref. Yelling at the audience to yell at the ref. Getting the <laughs> ending of the match wrong, thinking their guy won because they weren't paying attention. <laughs> uh, just really, really, really fun. They
0: have a really classic setup, basically. I assume almost every match where they like set up AR to do a flip on to the opponent and then they always take the fall right. instead. It's a really then, cute bit every time. It doesn't it hasn't gotten stale for me yet because they're so funny. That's the thing is, and again, I think it speaks to the level of commitment. Their, their selling of that
1: every time is so funny, especially because like the way it was set up, it was like they – all fell down and so there's this big hole in the crowd and everyone's just watching them and it's like they're just, you know, because they have to they have to stay down so that they can't help their boy and it's just like the most exaggerated over-the-top selling <laughs> and they're like accidentally hitting each other and then getting in fights on the ground with like, you hit me or whatever.
0: There's my so favorite, many good mini narratives.
1: Yeah, my favorite line I think um, was uh, Lufisto had uh, him in like a... I don't know, some kind of ankle lock or something. And one of them went, that's his kicking foot. That's his kicking foot. And it made me laugh so much.
0: I just, at the, at the top of the match, they were already complaining. Because, like, one of the bits is that they get in there and they cause too much of a ruckus. And the ref tells them to, like, get back in their corner. And then they, one of them just goes, the ref's got muscles. I don't like that.
1: <laughs> the ref's got too many muscles. The
0: ref's got too many muscles. An interesting thing I hadn't thought about before with this match is that they were doing chest chops on each other, which is always, like, a lot of fun, but brutal. A chest chop on a woman inherently doesn't work as well because she has she's not shirtless in a right. match. Right, and it's not flat, so you it don't get that flat. that
1: sound unless you do, like, sort of upper chest, Yeah, and neck. that's
0: kind of a danger because you don't want to hit their neck. Yeah,
2: you're, like, in the clavicle region.
0: Yeah, like, he chest chopped her. It just, like, it didn't echo as much. Mm-hmm. Right, it doesn't sound... It doesn't have the good sound. But, what, yeah, so what, what I realized is that for, like, a woman's chest chop, they need to gig it a little bit and slap their thigh with it, Yeah, right? But that was that was that was a fun observation for me. And it was also a little bit of fun seeing since we were so close, seeing how some of these moves are pulled off with a lot more slaps and stuff. Yeah. on the mm-hmm. thigh. It's just that's, a, that's just a cool little insider look at the world.
2: They were working a match. It was pretty clear that nobody was going to like go home getting hurt from this one. Yeah, like they were working it pretty easy, which is fine. I love that. But um, they they sold, it sold. very they, they well. They sold it so so well. You don't like it, it, they're not doing like a, a, a like a, a CZW match or whatever. They're not like working to hurt. Uh, it was a fun, flippy match that sold fantastically. But it
0: was also a great sort of welcome home for Absolutely. her as well. I mean, I don't know if this is her first match since announcing that she was cancer-free, but in terms of me knowing that and then her being like, I'm here and I'm great, was like, this is wonderful. What a great way to be welcomed home.
2: One more note on, the, on AR Fox's crew. I think if you're an in-ring performer, like, and you're in a match, like, you're outside or whatever, your job is, you're basically a narrator, right? Either you're performing the match or you're narrating the match for the audience, right? You are the medium through which the audience views the match. You color it and Mm -hmm. tint it. And if you're doing that, you need to be extraordinarily naive and constantly impassioned, Uh, (laughs) uh, right? Because you need to sell. Wrestling is real. This is a real thing that's happening. My reactions are at 11 at all times. And uh, the crew did that so perfectly in a way that was like... Not self-referential and not ironic, but so fun, so over-the-top, so goofy. It was uh, really, really good.
1: I do want to... That's an interesting insight, too, I want to tell our listeners. That is basically your role in uh, PWR, Yeah, is that you're the ring announcer and the narrator, Mm -hmm. and uh, you're filling everybody in on the context, which is... So important.
2: We have three uh, commentators and I'm also the, uh, uh, the, the, the the ring guy and my job yeah is to be uh, I'm, I play the face uh, the, the, the face announcer. So I'm constantly shocked at ho- what horrible things are happening in the ring. I need to believe everything like very, very intensely and I'm very enthusiastic and I have to through that like uh, explain our like binder full of lore to the audience before every match. But yeah, like your job is to, as anybody who's not performing is to like make the work the performers are doing, Uh, more believable, more intense and like, uh, you need to amplify right you need to amplify what the f- performers are doing yeah. if you call attention to yourself you're fucking up your job is not you're not the star you are there to augment people that are that are doing the work that are taking the chops and so uh, i think airfox's crew did a great job of that even though they're both very very funny in and of themselves but also like everything they do is clearly in the service of selling ARFox's story yeah they
0: don't overdo it which i think mm-hmm. is really cuz i'm it would be very easy to overdo mm-hmm. it especially be, especially especially cuz this is a like a a field full of showboats they Some... they don't cross that line and i did a little i was looking them up right before we recorded this they're all his trainees oh that's cute it's a really it's w- what a good internship to have yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, there's there's always something really special that they do every match like they always make sure to have a lot of crowd interaction so there's yeah. at least one thing they shout at the crowd that you go well, you, home remembering you had the hat which was I really funny i had the funny. hat this time so at the end of the match ar has lost oh no And, like, they think he won, of course. And they leave the hat behind on the ground, and I picked it up for them as they were carrying him out, and one of them snatched it away and screamed, that was $7,000, how dare you? (laughs) It's just such a good ending to it.
1: Speaking of uh, people who trained other people, the next match on the card was, uh, while we were there, it was Chuck Taylor versus Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Which was real fun, because that's another thing, is that... um, the original Chuck Taylor Dustin. I don't know if he still does, but he he was a trainer at Chikara and he trained, yeah. Soakley. So
0: I didn't know he trained it. Yeah, yeah. Aww. I mean, I, I
1: think there were multiple people, but like uh, Dustin was one of the trainers. That yeah, trained him. yeah. Did he train
2: Ricochet? He trained.
1: He, he trained Ricochet. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's he and Ricochet have were like backyard wrestlers together when they were like fourteen. Aww. So he's known. They've known each other for a really long it's time, so which is cute. really sweet. Yeah.
0: Um. So. St- the... Chuck comes out in his vest and his boots. I feel like for the purposes of this, we should say
1: Dustin and Stokely, because they're dus- both Chuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dustin... Well, because like, to me, when he, I'm talking about him in ring, he Exactly. He's Chuck. Chuck. He's yeah. Chuck. So Dustin comes out. He's in his vest. He's like little Civil War soldier vest. <laughs> I Which, can't get over the vest.
1: Appropriate for the venue. Yeah, but truly. His True. weird... Yeah, like war reenactor...
0: One day Dear. I'll him about the vest. <laughs> uh, he comes out and then Stokely comes out and just like an example of where well, there are many reasons we admire and love Stokely. One, he's our friend and he's nice to us. Great. That's <laughs> wonderful characteristics for you as a wrestler. Two, he commits so hard. It is an oven in there. We are all, I made jorts at the car that yeah. I never put on, which was stupid because I just didn't want to miss anything. Uh, Stokely comes out in a full mink coat, <laughs>
1: long mink sleeves, coat. Uh, his paisley pants, black turtleneck, mink coat, paisley pants, uh,
0: sunglasses,
1: swisher sweet in his mouth. Yeah, Colt forty five. <laughs> Colt forty five
0: <laughs> comes out, dances with an audience member, comes up. All of the eyes are on Stokely in his entrance, but I turn around and Dustin is openly biting his cheek to not <laughs> laugh because he's so funny he's got such presence he comes up he does his whole like loud mouth bit it was like one of the we compare this to looney tunes a lot this was one of the most bugs bunny matches it was I extraordinarily bugs every, bunny every yeah. ever seen they had swamp monsters
2: right
1: they yeah there were <laughs> multiple swamp monsters which is again a Chikara thing like I swamp monster <laughs> uh, every bit
2: was repeated twice once <laughs> where Stokely tried it and didn't work, and then once more chucked at it the right way.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, there's there's also a mid-match moment where so the whole the, you know, the whole storyline is that uh Stokely Chuck Taylor has stolen Dustin Chuck Taylor's name. So halfway through the match, uh Dustin leaves and comes back dressed as Stokely.
0: In a sweater vest and in different Paisley pants. <laughs> Close enough Paisley pants. Yeah. I asked him about it. I was like, where the hell did you get those? And he was like, Stokely just had them. <laughs> <You>
1: gotta <laughs> keep that costume them, chest.
0: He gave them to me. And I was like, you own those now and you're not burning them? And he was like, I know, man. I don't know what to do. No, uh, he, he
1: should wear them. Should. I hope they make a return. <laughs> they were a little they, laggy. Looked, they looked comfortable.
0: They do look comfortable. They look like good house pants. They look like a, a fantastic rayon. <laughs> I
1: So I was talking to um friend of the show, Alex Keller, who uh, he's the tower skin on... Twitter, he's a wrestler in uh, Ohio, but he, I was asking him, I was like, are Zubas in fashion again for wrestlers or did they just never go out of fashion? (laughs) And he said they're making a comeback. So I just think Dustin should keep those paisley pants because they're like basically Zubas. Did you notice
0: that uh, Stokes' uh, paisley pants were reinforced in the crotch? Yes, I did. It's a very smart move for a wrestler. (laughs) Uh, He just, he was glowing at the end because he was like, no one can blame him you for sweating that much
1: everyone was disgusting i was
0: i was filthy at the end of that i'm doing a face mask after this um <laughs> it, it was just it was a fun match it was what we came there for and it was just like it delivered it absolutely delivered non-stop I love it.
2: goofs plenty of fun well paced well structured great
0: very well structured i have to say yeah very so, fun the next thing up was the two Elis. The two
1: Elis, Uh <laughs> which I, I missed most of this. I don't have a ton to say about it, but it was Bill Carr versus uh, Ryan Galeone. Bill Carr is really funny. I'm kind of sad I missed this because uh, I like him. I honestly didn't recognize him because I think he's lost weight. Was Bill Carr the face? Bill Carr was the, yeah, the guy in the shirt. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this, they seriously looked exactly like Kat's co-host on What a Time to Be Alive, Eli. Eli it was, Uden. It was yeah. two Elis all the way through. <laughs> and they were just like bigger version They were big boys, the big bigger versions of Eli. It was a fun match. They had really good ring chemistry. It was just that I knew the least about them. So it was a little tougher for me to follow up the narrative. Yeah. But they delivered very well on what they wanted me to know.
1: Yeah, yeah. so then one of the next matches that we really liked was uh, Beaver Boys versus Dream Team. It was really <laughs> fun. We, I've had like a thing on Twitter for, I've been saying, I've become obsessed with the idea of uh, Tim and Eric as a reference for wrestling, mm-hmm. because I think it's like there's so much stuff that could be translated into wrestling gimmicks in uh, Tim and Eric. The reason I realize this is because uh, Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo, and New Japan are basically just the Beaver Boys to me. Like they wear like all metallic outfits and uh, backwards baseball caps, and they come out to like an EDM rap song. And it's just if, it's...
2: if they had like a white wine spritzer with some, with some little shrimp cocktails in there, it would 100% fit.
1: Exactly. So I've become obsessed with this idea. I really want there to be uh, like a crew are Wade who comes out to petite feet that's like my big thing mm-hmm. I really want it to happen <laughs> um, but there's literally a team called the Beaver Boys and it's John Silver and Alex Reynolds and uh, they come out to I Just Had Sex by a Lonely Island
0: I was saying to Kath as they went out that uh, somebody tweeted about this this week but they, the revelation that when you realize I just had sex is about Joanna Newsom is <laughs> an incredible revelation <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, the Beaver we've seen the Beaver Boys before they're really funny but I don't know if I'd seen
1: them before. We
0: saw them at the Clusterfuck.
1: I, th- I think I was outside for that. I don't think I'd ever seen them before. Okay. They were really fun.
2: They yeah. got a big tall wet hair motherfucker and they got a short muscle boy. Yeah. And they're both very funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then what was I thought it was great about them is that they were kind of like physically compared. You got a big guy and a shorter guy mm-hmm. on each team. Yeah. Right. So
1: the other team was Jonathan Grisham and Thomas Sharp and Jonathan Grisham we've seen before. He's a little uh, ripped black dude and then Thomas he's the Sharp. octopus. He's the octopus because he does the octopus hold and uh, Thomas Sharp is like uh, what did you say
0: he's built like a 1920s boxer yeah He's got. He's very tall. He doesn't have like wide a wide build. He's got pretty slim hips, but he's huge up top. Yeah, he's a big triangle. Yeah, and he's he was a lo- he's just a lot of fun. He was very charismatic to talk to outside. Yeah. Um. And they, but they just kind of like physically matched very well. But Stokely was managing the dream team, mm. and at one point he ran out because he was in like a regular lavender button down and pants. And he ran downstairs to go get a towel because he was sweating so much. And they introduced him as, like, and personally currently suing Beyond Wrestling for how hot it is in here. And I was like, thank you. you no jury.
1: Yeah, the, the problem is he's supposed to be a heel, but everyone started cheering him for that. they were like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really hot in here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I really like John Silver, the little meat man.
0: Uh, it was
2: great. They had the meat man face off against Thomas, the big guy. Yeah. Um, and it was just, like a fucking Body Worlds exhibit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a really fun match because there were some very obvious like physical dynamics that you were going to see and like you knew you you knew the two little guys were going to face off, you knew the two big guys were going to face off, you knew the one big guy was going to face the little guy and you knew the other big guy was going to face the other little guy.
2: Right. And it, they played it pretty well. At some point Thomas picked up uh the Human Octopus, I forget his name.
0: Jonathan um, Gresham. Yeah,
2: Thomas picked up Jonathan Gresham to, like to throw him down uh, on one of the down Beaver Boys and missed, and that caused calamity. That was real wonderful. Yeah, a lot of pratfalls without being funny. It wasn't. The, it was a funny match, but it wasn't a comedy match.
1: Yes, yes. I, that's a good way of describing it. It even, had it had comedic elements to it, but was not a comedy.
2: match. Even Thomas versus the small Beaver Boy uh, was like there was there was the joke that like Thomas was like. Probably two feet taller than the than the short guy. Yeah,
0: because they were gonna do, gonna do a feat of strength, and he just put his hand right st- two feet above his head.
2: But uh, 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 the uh, the shorter guy made it work. I mean, he was disgustingly huge. His arms were uh, larger than my calves. Yeah, um, he was uh,
1: really ripped. He's not a meat mine. man. Yeah. I got big calves. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it was great. It, they 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 made it work. They like they kind of used the story of here's a little guy fighting a big guy, but he's really strong. Can he pull it off? And the answer was in some parts, yeah. Yes, absolutely. He picked that was him fun. up. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he kind of he kind of uh, did like a shoulder press with him at one point. Yeah, which was yeah. It was great. And Thomas
2: wasn't. You uh, know, when when he, when he picked somebody up. The guy is being picked up puts their hands on the person's uh, upper leg to kind of provide like a little like uh, lever, like some yeah. extra support. And uh, Thomas didn't do that. The little guy picked him all up uh, entirely of his own strength.
0: Damn. Yeah.
2: I was really impressed I
0: love the Meat Man (laughs) (laughs) Meat Man come on the show Meat Man come on the show I should have given him our card because I saw him because he was just hanging out by the bar naked for the rest of the night like in his little trunks for the rest of the night just chilling out Well, Rachel Rachel pointed out that it is
1: is a bold move to wear trunks that say number one right on your dick right
0: (laughs) I know no number two on your butt. That's Come I on. wanted
1: a number two on your butt.
0: <laughs> like, a lot of wrestling
2: is about, like, the fetishization of the body and the weird body. Every body shape was on display in this match. Like, geometric shape, not, like, body type. Yeah. Um, all kinds of weird angles. Like, somebody had a hexagon-shaped body. It was wild.
1: <laughs> um,
2: and uh, uh, it, it's one thing to, like like... Wrestling is, in, tar- is, is, is in, in one hand inherently about like the consumption of the body, spectacle, whatever. These guys took it to a really perverse extreme and it worked, it was great. It was like straight up muscle worship. I've been to like muscle worship like, bar nights during Folsom Street Fair and SF, and this would have fit in uh, right there. It mm. was like, look at these weird muscles, we're gonna rub them against each other, and, like make weird like friction burns. It was <laughs> fantastic.
0: I also really liked, the other thing I'd like to say about this match is that we mentioned that Stokely got a towel And then he immediately invented a mini narrative with the towel that I loved, which is that he had it around his neck and his like two wrestlers that he is manager of kept asking for it and he would only give them an edge of it he would not give them his towel right so they could wipe off their it was sweat real cute. it was really <laughs> really funny stokely i mean you know just a consummate performer when again his te- when his team lost like the whites of his eyes were visible from everywhere in the, in the room because he was so upset again to like very, did a very good job of
1: not drawing attention away from the ring at all, or, like, he wasn't being super broad with that as, like, a bit. Like, it wasn't something that distracts you from the match, but it's something that adds to... Um, what eventually happened after which is seems to happen every time we see Stokely which is some wrestler he's managing is like I'm hate that you manage me I hate that you have my contract like just adding to that of like he's a shitty boss you know which is <laughs> well, very I fun. I also really
0: liked him doing his thing with the kids on the floor because there were a couple kids there. Yeah he immediately
1: went to where the where the kids were and like, yeah. interacted with them as opposed to all of the fucking nerds like there us is, who don't need that. Yeah there was a <laughs> sweet
0: little kid in a golden lover's shirt with like a big dyed swoosh uh, There was The absolutely There was like the mark The kid in the red And then there was The smart kid in His the blue, buddy in the Rick and Morty shirt the, His buddy <laughs> in the Blue Rick and Morty shirt But it was really cute To watch their dynamic yeah. Because those are Just friends bonding They're here to see Live cartoons mm-hmm. Yeah it was yeah really really cute I loved it one of the other intergender matches we saw that night was uh, David Starr and Penelope Ford, who we have all, both of whom we've seen before. David Starr has that very fun intro there. And uh, Penelope Ford is so much fun. I just like, we've talked about how much we like intergender wrestling on this show. I've seen Penelope Ford at a death match against a drag queen, and she's great. But she just... I say that she looks like a Barbie. I love it. She's, She's so cute. She's a tan wrestling Barbie. She had like her pink and purple gear, her like spray tan orange body. But she's a really fun performer. And I'm excited to see her continuing to evolve in a way that, like, just in the ring and stuff. And she's just, she's just, I think she really, she's, it's interesting to me the dynamics of her willing to be a woman heel in intergender wrestling. Mm. Because that's a weird role to take. And you don't, like, she probably also, I'm going to surmise for a moment that she deals with a lot of really weird sexist comments from goobers outside the ring like there was at that point in the evening there was a guys who were a little too talky and a little too drunk who were like yeah smack that bitch up fuck her and like to both of the performers credit they did not give him any attention at all yeah
1: there was one guy who uh was he seemed to in all the intergender matches be cheering for the men which like if you like, if you're a big fan of the dude in an intergender match and you want to cheer for him, like, fine. But when when it's all the dudes, I get a little suspicious.
0: Yeah, and he also, yeah, like that, that guy also had a really funny sunburn, so I was just laughing at him. Um, <laughs> I
2: really, it's like it's. Intergender wrestling being good in the U.S. is, as far as I know, a relatively new phenomenon. It's mm. almost only in the indies, with the exception of that uh, Romania yeah. match, which was insane. Um, yeah, it's really
0: annoying that that was a good match.
2: One of the things, I, I, what, what, what's interesting to me is that like it seems the performers, and even the promotions, are way more willing to do interesting, compelling intergender than a lot of the audiences are ready to receive it. Yeah. Um,
0: well, they were saying that a lot of this is going to go online, and they said, like, whenever they put intergender matches online, it bumps their views like crazy. That's interesting. So that is very fascinating to me that there is a obvious and enthusiastic and hopefully positive... Fan community for intergender wrestling. And yeah. The,
2: per, per, one might surmise that either one, they're more geographically dispersed, so they can't attend the shows, or two, the audiences have not yet been made comfortable for them to attend. Hopefully, if you have more good matches and you keep promoting it in the right way, like uh, you can kind of like train the crowd to not be such fucking horny pieces of shit <laughs> yeah. and like make that space more comfortable for folks yeah. to come like cheered on. Like yeah. that, That's fun. Let's let the, like let the audience, sorry, let the people have the thing that they want. Like, yeah. please, like can we find ways to make the, to make these spaces, make these audiences like less fucking just, it's, it's got to excise a couple of the most egregious offenders and you can have yeah. a, a way more fun space.
1: Yeah. I mean stuff. the vast majority of people I have Met at wrestling shows, particularly smaller wrestling shows like this. The other, the other show of this sort of size and vibe that I attended, I went to with you. Mm -hmm. You got there at the end. I was with your friends, um, in a church in South Brooklyn
0: um, for style battle, the Joey Janela one that Mm -hmm. you've talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was
1: um, Nick Gage versus Walter, which was crazy. Jesus Um, Christ! Yeah, it was really fun, but it, it was sort of similar in that everybody wants to be friends, it seems like everybody is like really happy to talk to each other like outside and everything. Yeah. For the most part. And then occasionally there are a couple people who are like just bad vibes. Just yeah. not yep. cool. And uh it it seems to be few, but they can definitely ruin the experience and they can make it not welcoming for people. And that we, sucks. I
0: met some really cool middle aged women outside. Who were just jazz because I was walking down the street with Nate and he was wearing a vintage seltzer shirt and they were like, where did you get that? I love vintage seltzer. We talked to them about seltzer for a little bit and they were like, where did you come from? We're always so happy to see more women here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they were really great. I told them about the podcast. If they listen to it, like oh, shout loved, out to them. We loved meeting you come to more shows I hope to see you again congrats
1: on your good seltzer opinions yeah
0: vintage is the best <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that match was cool I just like I every time I see Penelope Ford it's a fun time she's yeah. a, of a
2: series like uh, two back flips and a European uppercut in the corner I thought that was really fun
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I love when people do flips in the ring yeah. I thought she uh, did it super well really gymnastically
1: I yeah. also we need to have her on the show so I can ask her what makeup setting spray she uses I, almost,
0: I wanted to ask her but she, she didn't come out afterwards. she
1: looked so good like, I... Having your makeup stay on when it's that hot and you're moving around that much and you're sweating that much, I just like what are you using? I need to know because it stayed perfect it was, the was entire pristine. time.
0: Yeah, I assume there's a lot of setting powders and multiple layering of sprays.
1: I'm guessing maybe Green Marble. That's what drag queens use. Ooh, so and I'm she wondering. fights drag
0: queens a lot, so that's probably yeah.
1: That. Drag it, Green Marble is like really intense. It's basically like hairspray for your face. Nice, but All right. uh, <laughs> I, I just want to know. I just want to know. Yeah. So, I was really excited to bring uh, Tim to this. Well, Tim, te- I can't say I brought Tim to this because Tim drove, but...
0: <laughs> I was excited that Tim came along. Exactly, because
1: Tim had never seen Keith Lee before, and Rachel and I are big Keith Lee fans,
0: and this is probably... This was his second-to-last match, I think. For Beyond. Yeah.
1: Um, but... It, you. Like, you're not going to be able to see Keith Lee in a venue like this for a very long time because he just got signed to WWE and, uh, it's very exciting. So it was nice to, to see him one last time. Um, He's just such a force. He
2: was you know?
0: fantastic. Yeah. He's incredible. He,
2: like, there's he's a lot of-
0: so big. <laughs>
2: right. But he's he's not massive by WWE standards. Mm-mm. I think Kath was saying this last night. Like, he's maybe, maybe he's Rhino size. Maybe, I think he's a little smaller than Rhino. Uh, he's, not, he's nowhere Rhino's near as wide as Rhino. Uh, uh, um, but like, he's not going to be massive. He's not going to be a huge guy. But he's got the fucking presence. He was yeah. so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, bask in my glory, like- it's you know it's obviously kind of a cornball uh, uh, bit, but it, he makes it work. The dude commands the entire audience with like a like with like a tilt of his head or a wink or whatever. He's really fun to watch.
0: This was the most dialogue I've seen in the Keith Lee match. Yeah, this was very
1: like Shakespearean, and I honestly I don't know if
0: I liked it as much as you. I like. It's just fun to see them do something new that I haven't seen them do before. Yeah. Like, I would be excited by the Keith Lee show if he did the exact same match I saw him do with AR Fox because he's that much fun live, But it's cool to see them do something new
1: yeah so for context um he was fighting uh jerome daniels who at least according to the story they were telling in the ring they are old old friends and this was jerome daniels first time in beyond so he's new to everybody and everybody knows this is keith lee's last match so the crowd is you know all for keith lee right don't really care about this other guy um but then they start telling this story and it's it's you know like I helped you come up with that move, you're not gonna do it to me, and and this whole drama and and yeah, there's a ton of dialogue. Mm-hmm. They're they're telegraphing all of this by kind of just saying it. And I, I it's not that I, I I liked it because I think that is something you can really only do in a venue of this size. Mm-hmm. You can't do something like that because, you know, the ring performers don't aren't mic'd while they're performing. Right. So you can't really do it in a bigger venue. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. But I felt like it was so like, it was like in a movie when like someone is doing exposition and it's dealt with kind of clumsily and you're like, I know this is just happening for my benefit. And it took me out of it a little bit.
0: Mm. They they
2: talked so much probably because Jerome, he's starting off, isn't quite at the level of performance that Keith Lee's at, they right. need to explicitly explicitly say, I'm doing A, B, and C now to get it across. Yeah. And credit to Keith Lee, like, he's not going out in his back, but, like, he worked real hard to put this guy over.
1: Absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: All that dialogue was there so that Keith Lee could, like, give this dude a chance to shine. Um, and he, it, it worked. Like, he got a chant going for him. He got a nickname. That was wonderful. Yeah. That beautiful piece of, uh, of 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 crowd organic uh, chemistry happened. That was cool. But Keith Lee was working real, real hard to put this guy over.
1: Yeah, and it worked. I mean, by the end of the match when it started, the whole crowd was chanting for Keith Lee. And by the end of the match, it was a little split. You I mean, had
0: people people cheering for him. If you can get
2: a dude a nickname, you've done your job.
1: Yeah. So The guy you,
0: who was doing the chants for the other guy with the nickname, good shouter by the way. I appreciated yeah. his shouting. He's yeah. not
2: trying to be funny.
1: No, yeah, which is yeah. we always appreciate. We've mm-hmm. talked about this on the show before. Yep. I don't know if you've heard. Yep. You get one. You get you, you get one, and that's it. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, gotta be judicious. <laughs> I had like a couple of comments, but I was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna showboat here today. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, you
1: like really liked this, so I, I kind of gave it. my piece on why I didn't like it as much. I want to give I you just, a piece of.
0: Like I said, it's fun to see them do something new. You get the feeling that this is also Keith Lee being like I need to even though he's signed he still is kind of doing like like an I need to be show that I'm versatile to WWE. Yeah. And this is his way of being like I can also do this. I can do that. But what I also really liked about this be the, the nature of this match is it showed how much care and planning went into it like. He's signed. He can phone it in if he wants to. He's not because he's a consummate performer. And there was also sort of an interesting – like he – I truly believe that he cares about this guy.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. and You, so, you have to. Yeah. To, to do all that. Like Keith Lee – Again, not uh, not ragging on Jerome, but Keith Lee being hurt way more than Jerome sold hurting him. Uh, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> like you watched Keith Lee like crumble and fall and stumble around, and what Jerome was doing to him didn't quite, you know, it didn't seem like it it, it would uh, it would do that to Keith Lee. But Keith really fucking looked like he was hurt and suffering and like, right. that's, yeah that's an art like, that like, is it, an art and he was very patient about it it took a long time he wasn't rushing into it
0: oh yeah because a lot of a lot of Keith Lee's matches are like I'm going to school you now young one mm-hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's his role I I can't wait I'm I'm so sad that I'm no longer gonna be able to go to a weird little venue and see Keith Lee like this And I'm so happy for him that his career is going to hopefully go places. Yeah.
1: He's just so he he has such a, a power to him. Like he really when he comes out and he just has this like. Smirk, and it's like he's just like you said, Tim. He co- he commands the whole room. He's a
0: man of the people. He's got like a Billy Joel thing going. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> a very interesting comparison. But yeah. I, no, whatever yeah.
0: I think about the maybe time, wouldn't agree
1: with, but I appreciate. Whenever I think
0: about the time I saw Billy Joel live, Billy Joel, I my my head was against the back of the venue, and Billy Joel made me feel like I, he was performing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Lee has, has that same talent. Yeah. He has that same magnetism. And I just I hope I hope they do right by him.
1: I know I'm. I, this will be interesting for us because, especially for you, because you have not. Uh, dealt with seen, this cycle
0: before. You have not
1: seen WWE uh, waste someone that you liked before they were in WWE. So I'm ex- I'm hopefully we will be happy. Just like
2: the Houston Rockets. Get ready to have your heart broken.
1: Yeah. oh,
0: oh. <laughs> But yeah, he's the
1: best. We wish him all we the luck in the world. Well,
0: he also was very nice to us when we said hi to him because we haven't actually bothered him before because we were mostly just kind of like. Eh, leave him alone. Kids love him. Let him do what he wants to do. And then at this one, we were like, we gotta, we gotta get in line to say hi to Keith Lee and buy a shirt from him and tell him congratulations and say, hey, we're the annoying girls you politely turned down. And, yeah, to do our podcast. <laughs> and you know what? We respect that. And when we told him that, he started laughing and he was like, thank you for being gracious about it. And he's just, he's,
1: well, he has that power. He just, yeah. he makes you feel really special when yeah, you talk he to does. him. Yeah,
0: he does. He's just, I love him and I love that we got to go see this. Um, and we will miss you and beyond, Keith.
1: So the next match uh, we want to talk about this was Tim's favorite. Yeah, Tim's,
0: <laughs>
1: this was awesome. This so rot. it was uh, Doom Patrol, who we've seen and evolved before, which is Chris Dickinson, aka the Dirty Daddy, and Jaka. Uh, our friend,
0: our acquaintance, Jaka. Our friendly acquaintance, our future Jaka. Future friend, Jaka. How yes. about that?
1: Future friend. <laughs> um, it was Doom Patrol versus Massage Envy, who are two guys: Dorian Graves and VSK. Dorian um,
0: Graves is such a good. It's a great name. name. Do, was Dorian Graves the guy in the Lucha mask?
1: I don't know. I just have the listing here. It doesn't. It think doesn't based on his, his facial
0: hair, I'm going to say that he was not the guy in the mask. I think mask. I
2: think VSK was the guy in the mask. That,
1: yeah. If I had to guess, I would guess VSK I'd is a follow mask them both on
2: kind of Twitter name. last night. No, yes. um, Okay. They,
0: and first of all, they before they even come out, you know something special is about to happen because Relax starts playing.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. They, I forgot I was, they came out to Relax. I was
0: at the bar next to the Meat Man buying two my final beers for the evening, and I hear Relax and Meat Man and I locked eyes looked at each other and we're like what is going on here and he's seen them before there's no way he hasn't seen them before <laughs> yeah,
2: these, these guys have tagged teams something like 50 times before according to Cage Match damn um, uh, so they're around
0: you it's, said it's, they're mostly
1: New England that,
2: yeah mostly New England I marked out for, like this caveat for this, uh, this segment I marked out Hundred percent genuine. Like I lost words other than yeah, which is all I said uh, the entire match <laughs> over been and over again. There's people
0: tweeting at us being like, "I was so happy to be near Tim and Tim's com- commentary of <laughs> hell yeah, baby." Can I,
2: can I can I can I set the scene of this match? Please, absolutely, all right. Go for it. So what was it? Legion of Doom. What's their what's their name? Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Doom Patrol. They came out second, but let's let's set them up first. You've sure. got uh, what's his name? Juka. Jaka. Jaka, who's playing the straight man for the the entire He's show. So good, and he was too. nailing it. Right, he got out of the way. He had the appropriate narrative uh, 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 context. And then Dirty Daddy, who comes out wearing uh, uh, a towel and Boat, boat shoes or no, they're were moccasins. moccasins yes
0: <laughs> Minnetonka specifically I asked him afterward <laughs> and
2: uh, uh, I thought oh he's just he's just horny dirty daddy okay I get he the towel on no he came out that, to this because the opposing tag team massage NV was two beautiful men wearing a uh, uh, Chinese collar unbuttoned lavender jackets and white pants white belt white belt white cloth belt pants bold choices for a a, a wrestling match and they walk out. One guy's got a purple Lucha mask on with a hand on his forehead and they walk out as massage envy and throw purple rose petals while doing a double dragon pose. Uh, They were there. They were a a massage based tag team and I lost my shit.
0: Turns (laughs) out they were created for you. (laughs) Yes.
2: Dirty daddy was wearing a towel. Credit to dirty daddy, like horny dad care. We already got Joey Ryan. One's enough. He did not. He, it was sleazy but not gross and I appreciate
1: yeah, that yeah and he doesn't normally I will say he doesn't normally he wrestles in pants he doesn't right. wrestle in a little speedo right, like but
2: that it, but he, he wasn't doing like a Val Venis thing like it no, was, great. No, no, it, was no. it was wonderful yeah. he's got a towel on because he's there for a massage it was a perfect <laughs> Abbott and Costello ass bit uh, 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 and uh, uh, you've, of course you've got Jocka
1: Yep. Jocka
2: being like no 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 we're here to wrestle Dirty Daddy doesn't get it for some reason he comes down puts his towel out lays in the middle of- there's a wonderful joke about like do I keep the towel on do I keep the towel off just like a regular massage gets in the middle of the ring and then Massage Envy begins giving him a massage
0: a sincere massage an actual
2: massage a real massage so Massage Envy I like because there is enough like boring or cliché horniness in wrestling mm-hmm. there's enough boring uh, cliché homophobia in wrestling and massage envy did none of that they sold themselves as being a two dudes that give massages <laughs> <laughs> And there's a lot of like Bizarre sexual menace And like erotic confusion in there And it works Like wrestling is already Like a meat festival And they play off of that By massaging the meat It's really wonderful (laughs) They don't do anything easy They don't take any easy outs They just commit to the bit And for me that really So of course Of course uh, a massage happens Chaos erupts They begin fighting Whatever They did two bits That really really Three bits that really won me over One When they've got Jaka in a hold He begins reacting like he's getting stretched and it feels great and they double down on it and two guys come out and work his legs wonderful. <laughs> two, at some point, uh, uh I think it's either Jock or did it is on the top rope gonna jump and they use the power of Shiatsu to uh, uh to, to throw him off and confuse him off the ring. Yes. But for me, the real uh, uh the real climax came when they bring out massage oil and baby oil has like a bunch of pretty gross connotations and in, in, in wrestling off the bat. Like yeah. in general, if someone's getting lubed up, it's time to like begin clutching your beer. Uh, but no no they did it one guy lubed up his back with baby oil and the other guy jumped slid off him and speared somebody in the corner it was (laughs) like the most important thing for me in wrestling with a gimmick is committing to the gimmick all the way through if your gimmick extends only through your promo and then you drop it to wrestle you are boring to me like why bother having a good gimmick if you don't carry it through your entire match in the way that you wrestle and these guys lived the gimmick the entire way through there was a lot of great wrestling a lot of good grabs a lot of good holds, some really beautiful tag team maneuvers, but they did not like drop the massage bit uh, at all through the match. It was always present. It was always ready to come back. And I fucking love it. That's all I ask. If you have an ambitious gimmick, if you've got like a DDT style gimmick or a Chikara style gimmick, I want you to own it the entire, like make me believe that you actually are a masseuse or an ant colony or whatever the entire (laughs) way through. Like that's what I want to see. Like let me believe what you are doing. Let me mark out and mark out I did. (laughs) all I was saying was yeah 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 and then like because they were committing to their gimmicks so good when they were doing wrestling maneuvers that were non-massage related it like hit harder for me right because I was already in their universe and I believe oh these guys are masseuses and wrestlers it just everything was wonderful and credit to Jaka for anchoring that match right because yeah because he had to be the
1: straight man he had to
2: be the straight man and like it's kind of sometimes not fun to be the straight man whenever he's doing like big silly gimmicks but it fucking worked and credit to Dirty Daddy for like not being horny Uh Yeah,
1: I think you have a very interesting perspective on horniness in wrestling because my immediate thought is like more horniness, love the horniness, go full tilt with with uh, the eroticism. But I agree with you that there's a there's an these stuff. We've talked about this on the show before. The eroticism of wrestling is often not where you think it is. Right. It's not it's not necessarily in the meat pageant it's in sort of the intimacy of the act of wrestling so there's sort of a surface level way you can do it which like again like Joey Ryan's gimmick is very fun but we only need one of him right there are so many other ways to explore the relationship between bodies as they wrestle that are not that and I really like when people do that
2: and camp and the the course the entire thing like I I don't I'm not like a, that much of a prude. I don't mind horniness. I just want yeah, clever this horniness. Show. Interesting. <laughs> I want someone to try harder. Yes, right? yeah. I don't- you, Make it weird.
0: Say, Tim just evangelized at the pulpit of ego death. That is what happened to you. <laughs> yes. And you talked about it in the first episode that what you love about wrestling is ego death. Yeah. You yeah. completely lose yourself. I went, and it sounds like you 100% had that I'm, happen.
2: I just, I'm, I'm so used to like looking at a thing and trying to like- like, cause I'm a smark, right? I want to see the, I want to <laughs> see the stitches. I want to see what they're putting together. I love watching the slaps, like the thigh slaps and stuff, whatever. And here, I didn't give a shit, cause I was so on board with this very dumb, very wrestling story they were telling. Uh, if all you gotta do, like, I don't know, man, like. It's so easy to do horniness bad. It's so easy to do a gimmick and drop it. These guys have sold it the entire way through and I was I I would but their shorts a little bit too horny for me but like I would <laughs> I would buy their shit I would travel to see them I really I it, it was exactly what I wanted from the show
0: it was also it flirted with a lot of different sort of again to the credit of what you're saying it flirted with a lot of different like Fetish stuff without being horny. Like they straight up gave Jocka a foot massage. Yeah. And he's screaming with joy <laughs> and you don't feel uncomfortable with foot stuff happening. Yeah. Ring. And just like they like baby oil squirted on white pants is like, whoa, buddy. But again, it would just worked.
2: Man, they didn't even wink. Uh, yeah uh, well was, that's the
0: thing is they didn't
1: they didn't go for anything easy they didn't but, go for any easy jokes i didn't think right
2: because an easy joke will just puncture the entire illusion right once you wink at the audience saying isn't this horny like fuck it i don't want to see that anymore like no. it's boring these guys just they lit. they built their perfect universe they're like fucking Derek zoolander uni- uh, universe <laughs> and uh, uh lived in it 100 percent. and yeah. that made their wrestling better for me uh, <sighs> uh i Honestly, can't remember much in the match because I was so in it, and I don't. Just, yeah. That doesn't happen very often. That's happened to me like you know when, uh, uh, uh like Bailey Banks. I think is the, the one the last match that I like totally dissolved myself into. That's uh, great. Um,
1: I'm so glad that and I,
2: I got that experience. I feel this so lucky that I was there with gimmick. you. I want really dumb things performed as a, a like I want very low brow, high concept stuff in my wrestling. I want it performed. Um, much too hard. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I got that. It was nice.
0: That's great. So thank you. That I also just, I, what I, it's, you said, every, anything I had to say on this, you probably said.
1: Yeah. too. I, I just, feel like you covered it. You
0: covered it. <laughs> I just really liked this sort of the beginning part where he was like, they're not there to give you a massage. They're going to beat you up at some point. And it just, the thing that snapped into my head was, I don't know if anybody here has ever seen Muppet family Christmas, which is not Muppet Christmas Carol, but there's an entire bitten it where the Swedish chef has invited the Christmas turkey for a nice winter vacation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's pre-
1: exactly what massage envy is yeah that's exactly what massage <laughs> envy it's is so
0: and then like the Christmas turkey realizes he's the dinner so he tries to set up Big bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then Big Bird the uh, like guilt trips the Swedish chef into feeling things but that's yeah what I can't wait to see Massage Envy again by the way if you want to google them it's Envy like Nevada do not Google "massage envy" as in the emotion, because you will find some uncomfortable CNN articles about assault. Well, that's uh, <laughs> "massage
1: envy" is the name of a chain of yeah. restaurants, right? Or not restaurants? A cha- massage, uh, yeah. chain, massage parlor chain, right? Baby oil cocktail. The ba- <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to that restaurant. Uh, I go to d- Massage Envy.
0: Don't, because there were some bad articles about it on CNN. Just okay, giving, fair enough. Giving listeners a heads up. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, final match of the evening.
1: So the last match we watched was uh, Ring Conf, Walter and Timothy Thatcher versus uh, LAX, who were, the card is kind of weird. We don't know exactly who, uh, what their ring names were, but uh, they were introduced as LAX. I was very impressed with them. I'd seen Ring Conf before, and uh, we're going to talk about Ring Conf as a concept. Uh, You know, Walter's chops are amazing. He's like such a good big man. Um, But I was really impressed with uh, LAX. I really liked them. They had some really good maneuvers. That was an exciting match, I thought. That was an
0: exciting match. And I have to, again, because Ring Conf is very popular at this point, the fact that they had so much in-ring power and charisma against them yeah, was really notable and they also were from out of town they're both from New York City at least one of them is from New York City yeah. so they weren't even like a local outfit that people liked Yeah, they people were just like there for them and they were great before the show we saw Walter in a shirt which is like very fucked up to me because I'm so used to Walter being a shirtless large baby. In his underpants. In his underpants. So like seeing Walter in like Adidas slides and a shirt, I was like, that's fucking weird. It was very weird. It was
2: strange seeing Walter dressed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Walter with a shirt on. I don't like it. Tim, had you seen seen Ring Comp before or no?
2: I had not. I have. I've always missed seeing Walter by about ten minutes. I <laughs> should. Um, well, I didn't see this match because I, oh, right. I was watching the Houston Rockets blow a seventeen point lead. Oh, right. uh, oh, in, no. in, in, in game six. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. Um, we got game seven on Monday. Uh, yeah, I didn't get. I didn't get to see the match. I will say, I really don't like Ringkampf, not as like even like in a Mark way, uh, like they're very clearly doing a Nazi thing, right? Ringkampf, uh, one, isn't how you say wrestling, it's ringing in German. You can you can't say Ringkampf, that's a wrestling match, but it's one word. They're splitting it up into being two words to make a Mein Kampf joke. Uh, there's really no way around that.
1: I will, Well, sl- slight devil's advocate, their tag team name is one word. Their T-shirts have it in two words, which I think is a problem. Okay, yeah. But it I, is, like, it is on, like, if you look them up on Cage Match or, like, anything about them, it is ring comfortable.
2: Okay, I saw the shirts. and that, that, yeah. that
1: But that's the thing is, like, don't sell shirts that say that.
2: Right. They're marching into Wagner. Yeah. They've got, like, the like the very dashing fascist sport coat on. Um, and, like, the fucking, their fucking, their anglicized name and their shirt logo, like, is a Nazi reference.
1: We've had other listeners who are European who say... That is not the association we get from this. They just read as sort of stern Germans. But so I I think it's a little ambiguous, but I do think it is unambiguous to say in the U.S. there's kind of no excuse to do this game. Like
0: at at some point, somebody else in the locker room has got to say, hey, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, it's not
1: like they are ignorant of the signifiers. Mm -hmm. Like, that is clearly, even if it wasn't, you know, because Walter owns a, um, a promotion in Germany. He primarily wrestled in Germany. But Timothy Thatcher is American. There's no excuse for the ignorance of how this is coming across. I
0: don't know why the missing teeth made me think he was European. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he has chip teeth. We were talking about how he has sort of the Cesaro phenomenon yeah. where his broken teeth somehow make him more attractive. Oh, it's very weird.
2: Cesaro's I love chip bookending tooth was this the best thing for a smile.
1: From, from what I know, I don't think the objection to this is that anyone thinks that Walter or Timothy Thatcher is a Nazi or a white supremacist, Mm-mm. but that is not... Uh, that kind of doesn't matter if you're drawing on that signifier, especially if you're a face. Like, why do that? Don't do it if you're a heel either, but, like, especially don't make this something that is your face gimmick. I think one of y'all
2: pointed out maybe a couple episodes ago that, like, fascism is now the low hanging fruit for aesthetics that Satanism was in the nineties. Yeah. Tough.
1: No, one, one of our listeners said that. Oh. And uh, I, I can't remember and I feel bad. I will shout them out on Twitter when this episode comes out, cause I can search for it. But yeah, they were like the stock fascist is the new stock Satanist. <laughs> like right. it's just sort of your, your go-to when you can't think of anything else. Right. Cause there's um, another example of this is Christopher Daniels and ring of honor comes out in a very, um, a, a, jacket that is very evocative of like an SS jacket Mm. and he says it's an American military thing but it's clear what it looks like and there were people because it's fucking ring of honor doing Nazi salutes at him when he would come out it's like if even if that's not your intention if people are doing Nazi salutes at you during your entrance change your fucking gimmick
0: I do have to give minor credit to him because he came out on Twitter and said this is not my gimmick I don't believe in this but he kept the coat. Yeah. He still does it. That's like, why I he, said very minimal. Yeah. I yeah. just, I mean,
1: he clarified, again, it's sort of like with Walter and Timothy Thatcher. It's like, I don't think that you are a white supremacist. That's not the issue. I don't. I, I think you're being a dumb wrestler. He, I, I think you're just being an insensitive person. There's yeah. A, there's
2: a question that's much longer than I think we have time for, of like, to what degree does a performer or a promotion have responsibility for their audience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you as a performer or you as a promotion create a space in which someone feels comfortable sig heiling is it your fault or the audience person's fault? I yeah. think it's both. I'm. A, I, I, this is not uh, necessarily a super widely shared opinion, but I think that uh, if you are creating a space, if you are creating a space for an audience to, to, to uh, interact in, you are accountable for what that audience does. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not maybe one-to-one responsible, but you have to be accountable for it to, 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 yeah. to some degree. And like, fucking man, like, uh, 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 if I wave a flag and a dude sig-hiles it, I got to stop waving that flag.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The uh, part of the reason I think that we're having this discourse is because they're such good wrestlers. Oh, they're fantastic! Because we yeah, love watching that's the worst them, part. Because we love watching them perform, we have to openly grapple with like, hey, this isn't great.
1: Yeah, that this might. Uh, the the there are elements of this that are uh, feel unsavory. Yes. Um. But yeah, they're awesome. I mean, it was a really fun action packed main event. People were stoked even after standing in a really hot room for three hours. Everybody was really excited. Walter bled
0: accidentally, I think.
1: Um, Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, hard way. Not not blading for sure. Um, But yeah, it was all in all a really fun night. Everybody was uh, real nice. We got to talk to some some wrestle friends uh we said hi to dustin we wanted to buy him beer but he had to leave just giving everyone the dustin update we
0: uh, i gotta say we met some nice listeners of the show yeah yeah yeah. henry yep henry Henry, who was reading darcy wilder's book and Mm -hmm. that's how i came up to him at first because i was like hey that's my friend darcy's book and he was like i like the show and then i realized he was wearing a daryl shirt
1: yeah he had a daryl in gobernable
0: shirt which is rad um it was really nice uh meeting the people that we got to meet who liked the show, and there were other people who said they listened to it. That we were there next time. Always say hi to us. We're, yeah, nice. please say hi. We're nice. We're nice. We're nice as hell. We'll have pins on us, probably. Yeah, I had
1: some with me. I'm pretty nice too. Tim's very Tim nice. Wonderful. Definitely yeah. say nice to Tim. Go see him talk about healthcare when he comes yeah, to your town, yeah. which he yeah. will. Yeah, do you have anything to, to plug coming up?
2: No, I mean, people keep asking me when I'm on like on the road, Hey, how do I get in touch with you? All I was my Twitter account, which is like half wrestling, half healthcare. Um, good combo yeah I lose followers left and right for either of those <laughs> um, I'm at Krolge, C-R-U-L-G-E it's a nonsense word there's no meaning there um, yeah all my shit goes there I've got a newsletter other stuff but that's all healthcare based um, but hopefully I get to, go to, get to go to more shows with y'all if, if they're we, in yeah, driving distance
0: can't wait to have you back yeah, for some Randy Sa- Savage.
2: Some- oh hell yeah, dude! We're gonna go fucking buck wild, Randy <laughs> Savage.
0: Yeah, we're gonna do Randy
1: Savage. We want to have you back to talk about uh, healthcare and wrestling. Yeah, because uh, you said you lose followers, but I think our I think our podcast would be a good you know, overlap, right. good
2: Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on uh, 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 healthcare and wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's bet- a lot to say. If you uh, like the show, please follow us at WrestleSplania, uh on Twitter, WrestleSplania at Gmail. Um, send us emails we love you Uh, what else do we have to plug anything Um, thank you Nate thank Thank you Honk Tears
0: thank you to Nate's parents for hosting us
1: yes thank you Nate's parents thank you to uh, Stokely for tipping us off thank you so much Stokely yeah thanks a lot that was really fun
0: yeah oh my gosh Uh, thank you to Boolean for being a little cute terror yeah thank you to the goats for providing content and thank you to the listeners as always yes thank you so much we will talk to you next time we love you we'll see you later bye bye goodbye